All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Can you see it? Did you You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms. 
They've got you covered for your trading card needs. They've got a retail location in Surrey. You can go check it out. Uh, they've got the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, weekly case breaks that you can check out. Instagram, all of them. Go follow them, ZephyrEpic.com. Check out the retail location. The best part about Zephyr Epic is that they ship free anywhere in Canada on any order over $50 from... From Kelowna to Kindersley. Kindersley, Saskatchewan. Nice. Population 4,600. It's in uh, southwest Saskatchewan. Known uh, for a yearly event here, Quads. You're going to like this one. They have a four-day goose festival in September every year in Kindersley, Saskatchewan. What do you think um, What do you think happens at a goose festival? I don't know. I don't know either. Is that not the answer you were looking for? Cause, no. Because you're well, getting about the same amount of energy that you had coming back at you when you did the solo mailbag, which okay. you did a good job on, by the way. Yeah, it took me a while to get into it. It was very funny because I was listening to it, mm-hmm. and there was like four times where you're like, it's really weird because usually right now one of Quads or I would be laughing. Yeah, that part was probably the weirdest was like when I was doing the cities and I just am like staring out the window while I'm like talking about these cities. I think the Goose Festival, like they probably have to have like gooseberries. Have you ever had a gooseberry? No. They're pretty good. I think that uh, we used to have them on hikes when we'd uh, back in the day when I was a kid going to daycare camp or camp day camp. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Go on camp, get dropped off there. I feel like we'd go on hikes and have uh, gooseberries pretty often. Uh, So I don't know what's happening at the Goose Festival there, but four days of it. Uh, so yeah, you got to fill some time in there. Baseball is huge in Kindersley. They got some some brand new uh, baseball, some parks there. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and from what I hear on Wikipedia, it's all good stuff uh, for baseball. Over baseball is huge uh, in Kindersley, Saskatchewan, uh, which is home of former Vancouver Canuck Derek Dorsett. As yes, well. yes, yes. Okay, from uh, from Kindersley. And the final thing. Nice little connection here as well. The 2014 Junior A U20 Championships. So this isn't this isn't the World Juniors. This is something that the, they haven't done this in a few years. The Junior A Championships. But Brock Besser in 2014, when Kindersley hosted this, Besser was the leading goal scorer with four goals in four games at this tournament. Wow, that is a fun fact. Two other Canucks that were just recently signed in the offseason played in this tournament. Can you guess them? No, you can't. Christian Wolanin. And Dakota Joshua both played in this tournament as well. Didn't wow. put up uh, the points like Brock Besser <laughs> did as the leading goal scorer. That's quite a pull. Good little, you know what? Sometimes drop my pen. Sometimes uh, these cities they just come together like that. Like I that was a pull. I saw the Goose Festival. Thought I wanted to talk about that. Then boom, Derek Dorsett's from there. Boom, Brock Besser's leading scorer at a U twenty tournament there. Boom, that's what I'm talking about. Kindersley, Saskatchewan. You can well get done. Zephyr Epic will deliver your stuff to them. And shout out, you mentioned the store. In uh, in Surrey, I talked to the folks when I was there. You go in there, you tell them hockey season, boom, $5 off, whatever. That's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. They have way more Pokemon out there than I thought, too. I thought uh, maybe this has changed, but I remember a couple years ago, trying to get Pokemon cards anywhere, you couldn't get them anywhere. Yeah. Right? They were always sold out. You go to Toys R Us, rest in peace. Toys R Us is done, right? No oh, more Toys R still Us. Still around in Canada. Okay, never mind. Here's a C. Zellers is coming back? I did. You're probably too young to even remember no, Zellers. No, I remember Zellers, man. That 50s diner that used to have one in Brentwood yep. Mall, North Burnaby, shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic. I loved going there. Yeah, I loved Zellers. They always had the best, uh, like a huge three or four toy aisles in the Nanaimo one for sure. You know what there's not enough of in like corporate logos and corporate branding? What's that? Red and white. Think about it. Yeah. Okay. Name another place that's red and white. Air Canada. That's red and black. Oh, okay. Red and white, yeah. You okay. can't. 
it's not enough. And Zellers is going to monopolize the red and red and white market. Yeah, they're back. They're going into the Bay, right? Yes, Hudson Bay is bringing them back. Okay, so I don't think they're going to get the restaurants back then. Well, I won't be supporting them then. No, I won't be either. It's like I'm not here for just Zellers. I want the uh, yeah. the open-faced chicken sandwich covered in gravy, that thing. Oh. Well, I was ordering off the kids' menu, so I, I never had that. Oh, yeah. Well, I was yeah, I was young, but I was, you know, I, I let go of the kids' menu when I was like six. <laughs> so uh, we were eating real meals there. All you could drink lemonade. That's all I'm talking about. So Amazing. All I'll right. probably get one in Kindersley, too. I, I have a yeah. feeling Saskatchewan's a big, uh, big Zellers supporter. Big oh, yeah. province on Zellers. Yeah. Damn. Common, common known fact. Of course. Okay, so Zephyr Epic, check them out. Uh, we're also delivered by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D, is all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Folks, does not get much better than that. With all due respect to Henrik Sedin and Trevor Linden, Vasily Pod Colson has the chance to be the best Canucks winger of all time. Hello, Canucks fans. My name is David Guadrelli, joined as always by the man who built the place. Chris Faber and Chris you were riding solo last week I had a vacation I saw the Killers concert but I also saw I didn't tell you I was going to bring this up I saw that tweet (laughs) that went viral on Twitter Mm -hmm. because the NHL the official NHL account quoting someone else of course but someone that works for them and I don't want to put the guy on blast I don't like doing that you know that's not my thing but my, my regular shenanigans are to make fun of things like this when I see them. Don't want to put the guy on blast, but it was very funny. Uh, basically wrote that, with all due respect to Elias Patterson and Brock Besser, Vasily Pod Colson has a chance to be the best Canucks winger on this team. And that, that's a lot to unpack, right? And I was going to play the clip from the Drop in the Gloves podcast appearance that JT Miller did where John Scott asked him about playing center and having Elias Pettersson on the wing. And he talked about how Elias Pettersson's so smart that as soon as the puck was dropped, unless he lost the faceoff, he being Miller, they would just switch positions immediately. And this is something most Canucks fans know to this point, that Elias Pettersson does play center. It's just JT Miller's good at faceoff. So he takes the draw, but then they switch defensively like immediately. And yeah. it was just so funny to me that the guy was like, yeah, he's a winger, and it's like, no, you, you just need to watch, like, one Canucks game and figure that out. No, it's just, yeah, it's the NHL.com. And he played, stuff. like, 200 minutes with Miller and, like, 800 away from him or something crazy like that. Yeah, I love I think he even, like, replied to yeah, someone. It might did. have been Wags, I think, he replied yeah. to and was just like, well, he played with JT Miller last year. Yeah, for, like, a one-fifth of his it's ice like time. It's like me being like, guys, Colson and Kuzmenko are line mates. Yeah, exactly. That's It's basically a bit. I just think that the NHL.com, like, they, some of the stuff they put out there is literally just to, like, I don't know if, like, because we don't really, we don't have, like, a, we don't follow so much of other fan bases, so we don't see them, but at least for the Canucks, like, the NHL.com does a really good job of, like, I don't want to say, like, pissing us off because it's not like we really... I don't think a lot of Canucks fans really care about the NHL.com But it's just like you roll your eyes because you're like, why are we getting the same amount of coverage as the Atlanta Thrashers? Exactly. And it's like... And the coverage is is worse. Like, uh, you know, it's basically like telling... It'd be like watching... Go to NHL.com, you see a Thrashers post-game review. Like, they're that (laughs) incorrect with so much of the stuff they put out. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's good that the NHL gets... You know, like, I think there was one the other day of an article of... 
uh, that was actually good because it was Bruce Boudreau on uh, one of the NHL radio yeah, yeah, shows yeah. or something, and something like that's good. But, man, some of these writers, like, you know, that's why they hired Kevin Woodley to write for them. They got all these whack writers over there. Yeah, and then they found out he only writes about goalies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like, uh, oh, what's this article here about <laughs> Ty Young? Uh, who the hell is this? NHL.com? But, no, uh, Woodley's, Woodley's good stuff, actually, for NHL.com. Which yeah, is, actually, uh, he does. and he does as, as much as we like to joke. His articles about Vancouver aren't bad either, actually, but... Too much goalie talk there. Anyways. Too much goalie talk anytime. Keep Woodley. it in the magazine, bud. Keep it in the magazine. You need to say that to Woodley when he's talking yeah. goalies at training camp. I think I will. You know, yeah. what I, know what I was just thinking before we get going here? Um, sometimes you, you put together a couple of little things to talk about, and you normally tell me before we start recording. I have no idea what we're going to talk about I've got it here all. on this show. I know you, you did... Uh, you know, your week of vacation has done you well. You said you came in here with, like, what, three espresso shots. Uh, you said you had a one and a half iced coffee. Yeah, so I, had, I don't know where the other I half had, I had an espresso, okay, and then on the way here, stopped the McDonald's drive through and I had, yeah. uh, they accidentally gave me three iced coffees, so I had one iced coffee, and then I had half, and then I gave you the other one. Right, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. That's good. I had an um, energy drink from the States, an American one. Tell me. It's, uh, so you know rain, I've. Those yeah, are yeah, my yeah, go-to yeah. ones. They're like 10-calorie ones, no sugar and stuff. I don't know what they do to sweeten these things. They're damn good. But uh, the fiance, she got me. She went down to the States last weekend. Nice. Got me uh, a bunch of these little, you know, no-calorie energy drinks. I don't know how they do this stuff in the States, but they are excellent. This one had, this one's like 300 milligrams of caffeine. And I read, I, this could be inter- incorrect. Someone could correct me on this if it is. But I think like a, an average cup of coffee is 35 milligrams of caffeine. That's what I read on the interwebs. But no, that's wrong. Okay, I don't know then. then Actually, I was no, thinking, it's not. I was like, so these energy drinks are almost, you know, like eight times as much as one of a, as just like a cup of coffee. That's a lot. You'd think you'd be buzzing like a little bit more off of it, but it's not like a cup of coffee ever really gets me like, like it wakes me up in the morning if I have a cup of coffee, it, but it doesn't like It's a hundred, hundred grams of caffeine in the average coffee cup. Milligrams. Hundred. Okay, milligrams, it's 40. Now that doesn't make sense. That math doesn't add up. Yeah, it does. 40 milligrams is a hundred grams. No, no, it's not. Oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's really is, definitely not. Look at this. What's this talking about? That's 40 milligrams per 100 grams of coffee, <laughs> which should be milliliters as well. So that whatever yeah, what website you're on there for that information is terrible. <laughs> All right. So not my finest moment. No, you got, you're getting information from theonion.com. <laughs> I did my own research. Yeah. I don't know how that just happened, how those words just came out of my mouth. After having so much coffee, too. And having confidence. You're like, no, uh, 40 milligrams (laughs) is 100 grams. (laughs) Doesn't even make sense. Okay. Okay. So I I found it properly now. Anywho, this new flavor, it's it's a good one there. Dreamsicle. Dreamsicle or something like that. Everyone, see everyone online posting about this uh, Coca Cola Dream World. Everybody's tweeting about it you haven't seen this no, yeah you're not online it. anymore no. well you're back now from vacation everybody's drinking this new coca-cola it's like uh i i had it uh, i had the coke zero one which uh it was fine a little bit of mix i just seen a lot what of makes pe- it different i don't know it's it's definitely like a different flavor there's something mixed in there but mm. then i seen they got a marshmallow one too and apparently like for the the dj marshmallow he's got a coke flavor oh, now wow but apparently it doesn't taste like marshmallows what are you like if the the guy's name is D, like DJ Marshmallow or whatever? Like I think he just goes by Marshmallow. Yeah, it drops the DJ. It's you know, the, it's just Marshmallow. Yeah, now. it's not the Facebook. It's D, it's Marshmallow. Anyways, his Coca Cola. First, I, this is what I've heard. I haven't tried it, but how does it not? How do you not make know, it taste I like know. Marshmallow? That's that's ridiculous. So what does it taste like? I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. Okay. Well, 
I, I, I have the actual answer for the coffee thing, and okay. I, I've got the measurements correct. Remembering my grade five math, mm-hmm. uh, 237 milliliters was a little less than a cup. That's a, a right? coffee cup, right? Yeah. Brewed, yeah. No, no, like literal cup is 250 milliliters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay? I'm saying it's, that's an average so, yeah, that's little a, cup. Yeah. Brewed, brewed coffee, 96 milligrams of caffeine, and an oh. espresso, which is only 30 milliliters, Getting 64 milligrams of caffeine. Okay. So the coffee that I normally drink is about 750 milliliters every morning. I got this cup. It's actually made. Well, it, you put a lot of milk in there. Well, I mean, yeah, but come on. How I, much How much brewed coffee is oh, actually no, in there? Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the French press that I have is 750. Okay. So I fill that up to 750. And you finish that. And I'll, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to take me two cups to yeah. finish, like two cups to get all that in. But that's how much coffee I have in the morning. Okay. And I don't drink, I drink coffee like twice a week probably. Mm. But yeah, a lot of, I just, I'm more there for the creamer. I got the turtles creamer right now and the coffee crisp creamer. Wow. People say that's how you ruin coffee. Well, I'm not, I'm not a huge coffee fan. I'm a turtles creamer fan. Turtles creamer. I've never even heard of that. Okay. We got to get into some hockey talk here. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say turtles creamer one more time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. What do you got on that little... Uh, uh, and, and by the so, way, I just saw your little list of, of your stuff that you want to talk about. I was like, oh, Quad's going to have all this research, all these stats. It's like three lines you got well, in Well, sometimes I remember stuff. Like, I don't have this okay. written down, but I wanted to give a shout out. Bruce Boudreaux drove to go support the Canadian Little League World Series team right here from our backyard, Little Mountain. Uh, they are representing Team Canada at the Little League World Series. They have a... Is this Burnaby Little Mountain? No, it's okay. not. If it was, I'd be a lot more ecstatic right. about it. Although Hastings Little League... They uh, they made it, and there's some Burnaby players, there. Okay. <laughs> even though technically they play out of uh, East Van. But yeah. anyway, Little Mountain uh, repping Team Canada at the Little League World Series. Yeah, right and after meeting Boudreaux, they got pumped 10 nothing by Mexico. They did, yeah, Tough. they did. Did you see this video that the Little League main account posted of Team Canada? They were like chirping Reese McGuire. Yeah, dude. Do you I remember Reese yeah. McGuire? Yep. Do you remember what Reese McGuire did? No. All right. I'm not going to say it, okay. but People can if you're curious, your own research. yeah, just Google Reese McGuire, and I'm pretty sure enough will come up. Uh, former Jays catcher, um, but then the Jays told him to beat it after a while, okay. so he's gone. Uh, okay, that's the biggest hint I'll give, and next we have some actual Canucks news. Chris, the U20s. Uh, Elias Pettersson 2.0, repeaty, is going to the U-20s um, alongside Lucas Forcell. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, their Four Nations tournament uh, actually gets going tomorrow, which is Thursday. Uh, they get started with that. It's just a three-day tournament. You saw Vasily Colson play in this uh, a couple of years ago, and they, they actually ended up taking home the trophy at this one. Um, it's not like a playoff format or even like a like it's a it's not even really like a tournament. You guys, you just play against three other teams. Whoever has the best record ends up taking it. Um it's a U twenty spot. It's good for the two eighteen year olds to get there. Like, let's not forget Lucas Forcell. It feels like he's going to be like become Sam Bennett. The way that we talk about him, like he's always going to be eighteen. Like he's been eighteen for what feels like you know since the Canucks drafted him, but he was actually seventeen at the time. But uh, he, he's so young, still eighteen years old. Good spot for him to get an opportunity to play. Um, same with Elias Pettersson as well. He should be. Uh, one of the guys that they kind of want to groom into being a decent impact player for them moving forward could potentially be on the World Junior team this year. Uh, but I was a little surprised. Um, actually, no, I'll stay with these guys real quick. Both of them have been playing uh, preseason games in the SHL, which is huge. Um, 
you obviously have uh, Elias Pettersson. He's kind of playing as like the fourth pairing defenseman for Orobro right now. Uh, good spot for him still. Like I, I wonder if there was any talk about exploring like a loan to the Alsvenskin to play more minutes because we've seen that with Jonathan Meyerberg, who we'll get to in just a minute. Um, but he's he's get, at least getting time. He got some time last year in the SHL uh, as an 18 year old. Like he's he's big and strong, man. Like I, I watched. The highlights, I just watched every shift of his last two games that he's played in the SHL, uh, like just yesterday, actually. And, and man, like he he still plays like a really physical game for an 18-year-old. Like this kid, when he fills out, is going to be a big, strong player. He's already throwing big hits at the SHL level, um, like this early into his career as a pro. So exciting to see what he can do and if he can kind of work his way into the top six, get more minutes as the year goes on. And then Lucas Forcell, yeah, you want to see him play top nine this year. Uh, player that I expect to be on the World Juniors, like I would... If I had to guess who makes the World Juniors out of those two players, I think I'd put my money on uh, Lucas Forcell just because of what he's done in the SHL uh, and what he can bring to a team and be able to, you know, crack that forward group for Sweden. It would be great to see, and we'll get an opportunity to have like three straight days of them playing pretty high competition uh, at this Four Nations tournament. You got Finland, Czechia, and Slovakia, so good spot for these U20 players, and it's kind of a good little showcase for them. Uh, if they play well to to set themselves up for the World Juniors uh, in December. And Jonathan Lekermacki, not at this tournament, probably not related, but something to note is that Rick Dollywall reported that Lekermacki was diagnosed with mononucleosis late February, early March. It was still affecting him. And for anybody that's had mono, have you ever had mono? No. Okay. So for anybody that's had mono, you'll know that not only can it la- the effects last for a while, um, but again, like you can't train, you can't do anything. Your spleen gets like enlarged in most cases, I think, okay. um, when you have mono, and that's what Lekaramaki had. So again, that was late February, early March. I'm not saying that it affected him too much, but again, uh, the Sweden head coach in texting with Dolly Wall did point out that uh, you know probably all the travel that he had to do after that for the draft. Canucks prospect development camp, all that probably didn't help him right before that tournament. Uh, again, this isn't to start making excuses for the kid. Uh, he's he, he's young, right? Like he's gonna be on a he's gonna be playing a bigger role for Sweden at the next tournament, uh, which again is only like three months away. So he's gonna have some time. Damn, yeah. Um, again, like like the Swedish coach when texting with Dollywell pointed out that like you know he has a chance to be one of the studs on that team, right? And I think that's what we'll be looking for is just um, you know seeing how much improvement there is. I know it's only three months, but. The fact of the matter is you're playing a bigger role. And I think what we saw from LeCaramacchi at that tournament is that he really does need to be playing with good players. Like, he needs to have people feeding him the puck. He's he's a prototypical scoring winger, right? Like, he's going to have to develop his game in order to be effective at 5-on-5, five five, right? He's going to have to get in on the forecheck a little more. He's going to have to improve his board work. I, I almost look at Man, him... to me, it's just about positioning in the offensive zone. He was just... That's yep. where he was too much of a perimeter player. He uh, wasn't... Yeah, he was the puck had to like come around the boards to him, you know, behind like the the circles and like that's where he would start his play. That's what he needs to change. I thought he was fine on the four check. I thought he was good in the defenses. I thought he was good at actually like when when the when the play kind of pushes him to get involved, he's good, but he doesn't push himself to get involved in the play enough. So that's what I didn't like. So, you know who that reminds me of? Is Brock Besser. Yeah, early when Brock, Brock Besser. Early Brock Besser. At the 2014 Junior A U20 Championships in Kindersley, <laughs> you could say the same thing about Brock Besser probably. <laughs> okay, but but in all seriousness, Brock Besser really did grow his game and became a play-driving winger, right? Like, he's right. someone who 
you don't need to put with really good players in order to see him succeed. Yeah. Uh, you, you can see him driving play the right way, and, and I think that's what you want to see with Karamaki Again, lots of time, no need to panic. Uh, I, I just wanted to point out the mono thing. Again, this isn't to make excuses. No, Someone in the Canucks Army comment sec- section was like, more Aquilini, Aquilini bootlicking, and I was like, what are you talking about? They <laughs> no, were like, it's irresponsible that you're reporting on this. It's like, settle down, geez, bud. Louise. Uh, no, I mean, I don't think that it's it's not a big deal that he's missing this tournament at all, and I don't think it has anything to do with having mono either. I think it's because none of the players from the World Junior yeah, team exactly. are on this roster. Like Liam Ogren, he's not on the lo- he's not on this roster either. He's another player who will be available for Sweden in the December uh, World Junior. So this Four Nations tournament, I think the guys probably just need a little bit of a break. I mean, they you know traveling to Finland, that's where the tournament's taking place. It's not surprising that he's not on this roster. The guy that is a little surprising that didn't get a chance to be at this Four Nations tournament to me uh, is Jonathan Myrenberg, who. Uh, as actually playing a game right now with Mora uh, that I'm missing. I'll have to watch that tonight later on or something. But uh, Myron Berg, like the, the 19-year-old right shot defenseman, really like his play so far in the Allsvenskan. I think he's going to be a, an impactful top four player at that loan that he's on right now, which is great because that's why he wanted the loan from the SHL team was to play minutes. He's still a teenager. Uh, I still think he's a guy that's definitely on Sweden's radar. He was at the camp for this upcoming World Junior Championship in December. But a uh, little surprising that he was on the four nations couldn't really get uh, clarification from anyone why he wasn't on this roster so in my eyes when i don't get clarification from anyone it's more of a performance performance yeah it's a decision from the the team so it was a little surprising for that i don't think it was because he's playing in the elsvenskin and they want him in preseason games like sweden uh, they would like to see the guys that are potentially on this u20 team to play there so that's not a a great positive look to see him not on the roster for the four nations but we'll see how he continues to play if he puts up enough um not even numbers but just like good tape in the elsvenskin i do think he's a real possibility for this team like the canucks could end up having like I was just on 650 yesterday and they're asking me like what's the world junior projection for the Canucks next year and I was like it's not great uh, unless you want to just watch Sweden because they could have four guys on team Sweden like Koskenvo I don't think it's going to be on Finland how dare you um, I'm just saying I don't <laughs> think he's going to be with Finland um, at the world juniors they just they have such good goalies um, and I don't think he'll be able to kind of put up together enough of like a, a 2022-23 resume at that point to be like oh like he's got to be on this roster so uh, I think it, it the Canucks could have four players on this next World Juniors. They could all be from Sweden. So uh, we'll see how that kind of plays out here. But uh, yeah, a little surprised that that Myrenberg wasn't on the uh, on this roster for the Four Nations, which should be a fun tournament. Three three straight days of games, uh, and Sweden and Finland are going to kind of be the ones that are going to be top two teams of this tournament here. Going to be a good one. Okay, quickly, I want to get this. Can we talk about the Noah Dobson contract? Yeah, sure. Because the New York Islanders, who, as I pointed out in the article I wrote about this, made the same number of free agent signings as the Atlanta Thrashers did this past offseason. They signed Noah Dobson, 22-year-old defenseman, right-shot defenseman, Chris, where the market is bleak. Erica Branson just got a 4x4 four four in Columbus. Noah Dobson got 3x4. He's there for three years on $4 million deal. They didn't buy any UFA years. He's going to be an RFA at the expiration of this deal. What a contract. Like, what a contract. Is is that one of the best contracts of any blue liner in the league? Yeah, I mean, the thing that's kind of like the only good thing 
from Dobson. Are you sure you're right about that? That he goes straight to UFA? I thought he had one more year after. No, no, I said he was an RFA at the expiration. Okay, of it. yeah. So the fact that he's still an RFA at the end of this is, yeah, yeah. This is a great deal for the Islanders. Like I think I tweeted out at the time, just looking at it. But like, you know, there's a guy who put up 50 plus points last year uh, is massive for their blue line and paying him four million dollars. Like that's wild. That's a really good deal for what Noah Dobson's going to bring to your team. It also kind of just sets it up, you know. Maybe this, that's a way better deal to move if the Canucks do want to pull for Dobson. But I just think after you sign that contract and you're the Islanders are on like a team that wants to sort of push it back to being in contention for, you know, at least being a Stanley Cup contender, hopefully. I don't think they're there now, but maybe that's what they want to move to. If you're only paying Dobson $4 million over the next three years, that kind of opens up a window quite a bit. Just to know that like you're paying your number one defenseman that much money for the next three years, that that basically that in its own right, like opens up a window because now you're like, you have this 22 year old top pairing defenseman, your guy, the horse on the back end for you. This opens up the door for them to want to invest in the time right now to be a winner. And it also kind of for the Canucks, uh, you know, cause we have to look at everything from what this means for the JT Miller trade point of view. I don't think you're getting Dobson out of there on that contract. I just think that contract's too good to trade now for the Islanders, no. unless they completely fall off after this season, right? It absolutely raised Noah Dobson's trade value. And Chris, if Noah Dobson was still an RFA, it's not Miller one for one. No. It's the Canucks attaching to get Dobson. Yeah, and you you mentioned it raises the trade value, yet mass like to a massive yeah. amount yeah, so yeah, yeah, much yeah. where he's not even really tradable to me. Yeah, like. You have to give up a ridiculous haul to get a like a defenseman of that caliber yeah. playing the premium side and making that for three million dollars. He's twenty two for three years at four million dollars. He's twenty two years old. Exactly. That's just it's the the value in him like exceeds a trade value just because he's that it's that much so much value to your organization. He doesn't get traded in the first two years of this deal at all. There's no chance. So the Islanders make these moves. They made a couple other um, RFA signings, right? Alex Romanov, uh, Kiefer Bellows among those names. And Lou Lamorello, GM of the Islanders, obviously had a media availability after this because there are questions. There's questions from fans. There's obviously the questions coming from the media and he was asked about the forward group, and I just want to rattle off this forward group because the angle I took in the Around the League article that I wrote for Canucks Army is that there's a JT Miller-sized hole in this lineup. Brock Nelson had a career year, right? He's their first-line center. Matt Barzell was very underwhelming, Chris. Those guys tied for the team lead in points. They both finished at 59 points. Those are their two team leaders, Chris. That's their first and second line center finishing that. And then in third, Noah Dobson. That's not, that's not enough support from your forward group, Chris. Like you got Anthony Beauvillier on one, on one wing, Kyle Palmieri, Josh Bailey, Anders Lee. Those are your, that's your top six, right? <laughs> Listen, man, that sounds like trash in your top six. I'm sorry. It's not good. It's not, it's good. not good at all. So, Look, like like the way you can look at this is if you trade for JT Miller, right? If you're the Islanders, Anthony Beauvillier moves down, right? And Anders Lee moves down or Josh Bailey moves down. And all of a sudden you've got depth. Like imagine Miller playing with Matt Barzell, right? Imagine Miller playing with Brock Nelson. Like if Lou Lamorello could dream of a player and create a player, like create his own little Frankenstein, I'm 99% sure that JT Miller is what would come out. Go listen to the drop in the gloves interview that Miller did with John Scott and listen to how John Scott 
talks and views JT Miller. Like the way John Scott was talking, you would think JT Miller is the second coming of Connor McDavid. Oh yeah. Yeah. He loves him some Miller. He, sure. he loves him some Miller. And, and you know what? So does Lou Lamorello by all accounts. So if I, when I look at this forward group, I see that look, they're, they're not, they're not in a position where they can compete in the Metro. Like, let's not forget that the Islanders play in the ever competitive Metropolitan division. Right. And, and Lamorello was asked specifically about the forward group. Right. And he said he loves it. Like he said, I, I like our team. I'm actually really excited about the team that we have right now. You know what? I'll read the direct quote from Lamorello's interview. He said, as we said at the end of last year, if we could upgrade any part of our lineup, we would certainly do that. And like every other team in the NHL, there's constant communication to try and do that. And we looked at many different options. Looking at the draft here, the deal with the Canucks that apparently fell through. Unfortunately, the options that we looked at, as I had mentioned to make hockey trades, we would not have gotten in return for what we have to give up to make us, in my opinion, a better team. I'm actually really excited about the team that we have right now going into the season, so I feel very good. But if we could have gotten better, we would have done that. That's no different than this season, but it's the price you have to pay to do something to upgrade in one position, and what you do if the pluses and minuses don't work out, you're really downgrading your whole team. That didn't make a lot of sense, but you understand the gist there from Lou Lamorello, who also added that the Islanders are done. Like, he's not making any more moves. He made it pretty apparent that he's not planning on anything else. Obviously, that can change with one phone call, but he seems... By all accounts, like he's pretty happy with this forward group. And honestly, I I know it was a down year for Barzell, but you don't have much beyond him. And adding a 99-point Swiss Army Knife type player like Miller, who can kill penalties, who can play on the power play, seems like the type of player that this team would benefit from. Yeah, and I think uh, if you're the Canucks and you're looking to add prospects, like I, I do like some of the players in that prospect pool for the Islanders. Uh, I think Atu Ratu was, was great at the World Juniors. He's an example. Let's not uh, let's not forget. Is it uh, Wallstrom? They still have Oliver Wallstrom as well. That's a young player that might be an example of a guy who hops right into your roster. Uh, I always struggle with this name. Cali Odelius, uh, the left shot defense, who just recently drafted. Don't ask me. He's a well. He's a teammate of Jonathan Lecaire Mackey there at uh, Jer Garden. So he's an example of a player and the guy that I really liked from last year's draft. Uh, and I thought looked really good for Finland as well. Uh, Itu Liukas, um, three, you know, couple prospects there, four prospects, and, and Wallstrom, kind of a guy who's making the jump to the NHL now. Like they they do have some pieces to put together a pretty good offer, I think, for JT Miller, and it doesn't have to be Noah Dobson at this point because yeah. you ain't getting Dobson, unfortunately. No. So uh, if they do want to make that push, and we'll have to see what Lou wants to do over there, and. They have the pieces to make it happen. Like I, I think you can definitely work something out with some of those those four prospects that I just mentioned specifically. Work out something along those lines with the Vancouver Canucks to really boost their prospect pool. Like that would be a massive shift uh, to what the Canucks prospect pool looks like. We're talking about some top end talent there. Liuk is probably not as much. I just really like the way the big kid plays. Uh, but definitely some some options there. So you make some draft picks happen. Like I. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I don't really love talking Miller until something happens, nope, but exactly. this situation does kind of set itself up, and you bring it up, like just talking about the Islanders. They lost out on Kadri. Like that hurts much, them. Oh, how much sense does it just make, though, right? Like, it just makes sense for it to happen. It, this is almost one of those spots where it makes so much sense that it won't happen, right? Yeah. Like, that's how I just feel like in this spot. Uh, and even hearing Boudreaux talk about it last week on the NHL radio show he did, like, he's when he's putting together his lineup right now, he's writing it as JT Miller as first line center. And that's the way that we have to look at it as well, because yeah, it's not like 
the odds on favorite, like the odds on favorite is he's back, that JT Miller's back as a Canuck next year to start training camp. That's yep. the way that it's probably going to be unless something changes along the lines of a trade offer coming back this way. And I think we we talk about the Islanders so much because they have a prospect pool that's able to make it happen. They're in a spot where we just talked about the window now created with the Noah Dobson deal. We talk about a team like Lou Lamorello who wants to be aggressive. Like everything is pointing in that direction to make it happen, but it's almost just like, Maybe these two just can't come to a deal that makes sense for the Vancouver Canucks specifically. Because looking at it from the Islanders' point of view, the Islanders' point of view makes sense. Makes so much sense, right? It makes so much sense to just pick up JT Miller. But looking at it from the Canucks' point of view is like, yes, we'd like to keep Miller, but at the same time, do you have enough prospects for us? And that's probably the thing that's stopping right now because there's nothing stopping the Islanders from wanting JT Miller in their lineup. Do you have enough good prospects that we can minimize the risk with? I think is what the Canucks front office is asking right now, right? Like yep. if they trade for three prospects, if they trade for two prospects uh, and a draft pick, and none of those things pan out, they've lost the JT Miller trade. Sure. Or if JT and that's Miller, something they don't want to do. Yeah, it's just like, but I'd rather take a risk on three prospects and a draft pick than one year of JT Miller and then he walks. Yeah, sure. Right? Like that's I'd fair. absolutely comes rather down take that, the risk sure. for it for sure. And I think that's. You still don't want to lose the trade. Exactly. And I don't think, I know that you might think that you lose the trade if you don't have a massive haul back, but you you lose the trade entirely if you don't make it any walks at the end of this year and the Canucks are just a fringe playoff team and yeah. you know, maybe get swept in the first round or whatever happens. Like You lose that trade even more doing it that way, I think. Yeah. So I, I like the idea of the prospect pool, but like I said, we'll see what happens. Right now he's going to be... Uh, He's going to be in blue and green to start the tra- to start training camp anyways. Absolutely. Okay. We'll cut to a break. Uh, we'll hear from our sponsors. On the other side, we'll get to our Atlas Goods poll question along with some other notes and featuring some five-inch inseam short news. We'll take a quick break. Keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks. Conversation. Before we go any further into the episode, we have to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Montana's. Montana's is the barbecue expert in Canada. They smoke their ribs in-house every day, and then they sauce and fire grill them to order. Montana's legendary all-you-can-eat ribs promotion is on now, seven days a week until the end of summer. Come in for all-you-can-eat ribs and get Montana's messy to win weekly prizes. Chris, do you have a little Montana story for us? I tell you, go get the apple uh, butter barbecue sauce, the best sauce they got there. And listen, the ribs are great. Do the all-you-can-eat ribs. But if you're not in the mood for ribs, four cheese spin dip. They got an incredible spinach dip in Montana, as you know it. And, and you can find the barbecue sauce at the store as well. Take home a bottle with you. There you Apple go. butter barbecue. Excellent stuff. So be sure to go visit Montana's where they have certified smoke and grill masters doing all of the barbecuing. With seven locations throughout British Columbia. Shout out Nanaimo. Including Nanaimo, British Columbia, Langley, Tawasin, Prince George, Victoria, Fort St. John, and Kelowna. Be sure to go check out Montana's Barbecue and Bar today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Connect Conversation Podcast. Chris, it's time for our Atlas Goods poll question. Folks, if you're listening to this, you've probably heard about Atlas Goods already. Go to locally owned atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 to get 15% off your first order of pop rinds. Folks, you've heard us talk about them before. These are the best, fresh, delicious pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. High protein snack. You get the bang for your buck. People always ask me, they say, hey, this bag looks really small. I'm only getting 200 grams, although I don't really know if that's the actual amount because I don't know how to measure things anymore, apparently. I think that's 60 milligrams, yeah. Yeah, that's 60 milliliters. Uh, So so it comes small, but they pop like popcorn kernels, which is really, really interesting. Uh, So, yeah, it tells you on the bag that you don't need much. Like You take like like less than half a cup, and and you're good. Like You've got a good amount of... Of pop They're working there. on some right now too. I just see on Instagram they got uh, the breading coming out here soon. Wow. Okay. They're making chicken, uh, you know, fried chicken sandwich with the breading Oof. from the pork rinds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So go check out locally owned atlasgds.com, our friends at Atlas. Good sponsor. Of the poll question. Our poll question today: Who do you want to see killing penalties next season? Chris, Elias Pettersson, Vasily Podkolzin, Quinn Hughes, and as always, I'm. Angry. So far, leading the vote is Vasily Podkolzin with 48%. Elias Patterson following closely behind at 27%. 20% saying they are angry. And 5% with the smallest portion of the vote, Quinn Hughes. Yeah, nobody wants Hughes out there. Well, hold on a second because you worded this interestingly. And I didn't say it incorrectly because I'm being nice. But do you mean do you who do you most want to see killing penalties? Because my answer is all of the above. I yeah, want to see all of these guys. I don't got enough options for all of the above. Well, I understand that, but if you change the verbiage to most want to see. That doesn't sound like a good sentence to well, me. Well, I think it is a good sentence. I, I think don't like that's it. How, yeah, well, editor, baby. Most like to want to see. I don't no, know. No, no. I said, who do you most want to see? Yeah, okay. <laughs> if that was the question, which is how I interpreted, I'm saying Vasily Podkolzin. Yeah, me too. I because I'm a little surprised that he didn't get any time last year. Exactly, and that was my point. Is we've seen Elias Patterson do it. We've seen Quinn Hughes do it. We know Elias Patterson's a shorthanded scoring threat, right, on the penalty kill. And absolutely, I want to see him back out there. We know Quinn Hughes can get it done. JT Miller again. Shout out dropping the gloves podcast. 
on that appearance, he talked about Quinn Q's killing penalties and how he's so good at it and how he's so good at reading plays. That was always a no-brainer. Like, it always seemed like something that should have happened and it never did under Travis Green. And that goes for Elias Patterson too. Smart players can kill penalties well. And, like, I, I, I think if I remember correctly, Elias Patterson only had, like, three blocked shots on the penalty kill last season. He was still that effective. Because I understand the big worry is that, oh, well, he's going to be eating pucks if he's on the penalty kill. That's not how Elias Patterson's killing penalties. He's picking off passes, and he's going the other way on the rush. That's dangerous on a penalty kill, and it, it opens up a whole new avenue for power plays to have to worry about and contend with. I think I'm, I'm still going with um, Pod Colson over Pedersen on the penalty kill. Sorry, so, so let's, let's change this a little bit. It, okay, so if the answer is who do I most want to see out of the people yeah. that were listed, it's Pod Colson. But it, now are we talking who's the best penalty killer? Or who who do you most want out there if you have to shut down a league? Because I'm not putting Pod Colson ahead of Pedersen. I think putting him out there to develop, I think he could be the better penalty killer. Sure, than he, Pedersen. he could be the best winger since Trevor Linden. Like that's I said. what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's I what mean, everybody. More and more people are saying this. Yeah, exactly. Like he, I, I'm going. Yeah, I just I'd like to see if I'm answering the question. Who do I want to see killing penalties next year? Out of those three, it's Vasily Pod Colson for a couple of different reasons. One, because yeah, he didn't get a chance to do it last year. Two, because I've seen him do it before and he does a good job of it. He is the type of guy who does a great job blocking shots, does a great job being able to transition quickly into scoring chances the other way. Like I, I just think that it is surprising to me that he never got a shot last year. And coming back now as, you know, not a rookie anymore, I think that's gonna be a big spot for him to kind of move up in the books. Yeah, especially with Bruce Boudreaux. I think he's a guy who is going to kill penalties next year. I think he's going to do a hell of a job doing it. So I, I think out of those guys, like I, I think right now, this day, yeah, probably Pedersen would be a better penalty mm-hmm. killer on day one. But I'm not like even 100% sold on that. Sure. Because I've seen Vasily Pod Colson do it at the KHL. I've seen him do it at the World Juniors. I've seen him go out and be, you know, in five on three situations, he's the guy taking the face off and still killing penalties. Yeah. Like he's a guy who has done this his whole life. Like he has been a penalty killer. Uh, I don't know if Pedersen's been a penalty killer. I don't remember a lot of talk about him in the SHL as a penalty killer. We didn't see it in the NHL in his first few years. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Pod Colson could end up being the better penalty killer. Like maybe even on day one, like he might be a better penalty killer than P- Pedersen already. I know we've had this conversation before, but it does really surprise me that Pod Colson never really got a shot under Bruce Boudreaux. Like, Brock Besser got a shot, mm. and Pod Colson didn't, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just interesting to me. It's going to be interesting now, because, you know what? Like, I know people say stuff about the media, all that. I get it, but it adds a whole different dynamic now that Pod Colson's comfortable speaking English, right? Like, we didn't talk to Pod Colson all of last season until the last week when he was leaving, right? And that was his own accord. Shout out to him for doing that because there's players who have been in the league for years that still don't do English interviews, right? Yeah. Uh, they just, you know, they're uncomfortable doing it. But shout out Pod Colson for doing that. And one would presume that will be afforded that all of next season, especially when things go back to normal, we're back in the locker rooms. Like, hey, Vasily, do you want to kill penalties? Like, that'll be a question that gets posed to him. And it wasn't last year because legitimately we couldn't do it. But... It's interesting to kind of add that whole dynamic in of, you know, the players kind of able to say what they're feeling now, right? Because we, sure. we weren't really given that opportunity with Pod Colson last year. Yeah, exactly. It'll be good, and I think he is going to want to kill. He's going to want to do everything for this team. He's going to want to do everything that helps his team win. So Real um, team guy. 
Big time. Yeah, of course. And I think, um, yeah, he, I think he should be like, he should be getting back here pretty soon. I think he told us end of August was when he was going to yeah. return. I think yeah. I've seen in some articles, uh, out of Russia. So a lot of players should be returning. And yeah, we've seen already a, a handful of players already back down. You can see them all on Instagram at the weekend, uh, concert last night, uh, which I could hear every word of from my, uh, <laughs> from my apartment. So. Uh, I was basically there. Yeah, that was funny when I was at the Killers concert at Rogers, and you were texting me. You're like, "Oh, nice! They're playing when 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 yeah. you were young." Yeah, no, I could clearly hear uh, Mr. Brightside. Because... Oh, that concert was so good. It was it was awesome. Okay, so like at at parties and stuff, when Mr. Brightside plays by the Killers, everybody sings it. Yeah. How, how loud was that? Loud. Was Rogers like? Because I have to imagine that like I don't know how many people. What it's like twelve thousand ish people maybe at a concert ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like more. that many people singing one song together. That must have been very. Oh, loud. it was awesome, dude. And, and there was one part of the show, and not to deviate too much from hockey, but there was one part of the show where they there was people in the front row in the, like the mosh pit or whatever with signs saying they wanted to come drum on stage, right? And uh, they basically were like, okay, who's actually good at drumming? And the drummer, Ronnie, I think his name is, picked someone from the crowd, and the guy comes up and is just amazing on the hmm. drums. It was so funny. So that got that got the crowd going. It was it was awesome. It was a great show. Uh, really enjoyed it. I I was shocked at how good the the lead singer is, Brandon Flowers. Like it was unbelievable hearing him hearing him sing. Like it it was spectacular. Great show. Yeah, I saw them uh, in like 2014, so a yeah. while back too. And they were they were great. They were the headliners at uh, Pemberton when I was at that one. That's sweet. They were great. Yeah, they're they're a good show. Yeah, they're so now show. I've seen them twice because I could uh, hear it through the Rogers yeah. Arena roof uh, <laughs> yeah. the other week. I would definitely go to that again. I was recording the podcast while it was going on. I know, on. I, I know. I don't yeah. think you could hear it in the background. No, you couldn't. It picks up pretty good, but I heard that you could hear a couple of uh, sirens going by. Ah, Which okay. is a, basically like the national anthem of, of living downtown there. All right. Uh, NHL 23 cover athlete got released, Chris. Trevor Zegras. Actually, sorry. Before we jump to this, I just want to say, for penalty killing, you've got to roll the pairs again, right? And Stefan Roger is going to have an article about this soon on Canucks Army. I know it's sitting in there in the pending review, but you've got to roll those pairs, right? Like, like where instead of having two pairings out for... Uh, two minutes or a minute each or whatever it's like the 10 to 30 seconds that boudreau preaches right yeah, where totally. it's two guys another two guys another two guys another two guys and really you've got like four to five four to six really forward pairings that you can trust and again like they've got that think of all the guys in this lineup that can kill penalties right you've got elias Pettersson, you've got Ilya mikhaev you've got jt miller i'm not gonna keep saying you've got but the list goes on dakota joshua curtis lazar all of these guys, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, you throw Vasily Pod Colson's name into that mix. Legitimately, you'd ha- you'd be hard pressed to find a forward that can't kill penalties for this team. Tanner Pearson, Tanner Pearson kills penalties. Connor Garland doesn't. Who else doesn't? Nils Huglander's not going to be killing penalties anytime soon. Right. I can't really think of anybody else. Can you? No, I mean they they are going to roll bodies quite fast, and I think that's going to be that's how you keep that aggressive penalty kill. And, and with McKayev, like this is something that. I found kind of interesting thinking about this more over the past few days of like the day that that happened when McKayev got signed, I was like, wow, that is a strange signing for the Canucks to go out and get a winger. It's really weird that they're adding a winger to this group. They have so many wingers already on this team, but look at what like hurt the Canucks so much last year was the penalty kill. They were tied for second worst in the league, 74.9%, just not good. We, we obviously don't have to talk about what happened at the start of the season living at like, 
you know, going on like a half dozen game stretch where you're sitting at 50%. So I kept thinking of Mikheyev as a winger, as a winger. I didn't really think so much, and maybe this is kind of the way that my mind has kind of shifted a little bit to one of the weakest points was their penalty kill. If you look at Mikheyev as a penalty killer, this is going to help. This is going to help you a lot. You're going to not only get a little bit of offense back as he's probably going to score some shorthanded goals for you. I think just looking at some of the analytics of just goals against per 60, he's also a guy who keeps the puck out of your net. It's not just about the shorthanded goals of the KF. He actually just, his effort level, his speed, his ability to close, his ability to get a stick in lanes, like he is a very good penalty killer. And the Canucks sucked so bad at killing yeah. penalties last year yeah. that I'm more shifting into the, the look of like, yeah, it's still to me, it is strange that you go out and sign a winger. But like, if you look at it from the different point of view of like they went out and signed a really good penalty killer, then you can sort of look at the McKayev deal and be like, yeah, you know what? It makes a little bit more sense. So they're trying to address what could be like arguably. And I, I think this might be, I think this is pretty true. Like the penalty killing might've been the worst thing about the Vancouver Canucks last year. Was there anything like worse throughout the season? Do you think than no, what like think about how bad the times were last year when we're looking at this Canucks team going out and getting three, two, three power play goals scored against not like on occasion, but like a couple times a week, it was like a coin coin flip. If yeah, they get scored on every time they went short, it was historically it bad. It was wild, and like we were talking, yeah, exactly. We we're talking about like, is this going to be the worst year for penalty killing of all time? Like halfway, not halfway through the season, but like twenty twenty five games in before Green's gone, we're talking about this being like you said, historically one of the worst penalty kills of all time. And you know what, JT Miller again. On the Dropping the Gloves podcast interview. Are you getting did. paid for Dropping the Gloves shout-outs here? What's going no, on No, it's, it's just he was speaking facts on the interview, man. Okay, he, fair enough. He was speaking a lot, and, and I want to just kind of point to one thing he said. You know, uh, John Scott basically asked him, why didn't your team make the playoffs? And he said, he's like, if we won half of those games that we were losing at the start of the year because of our penalty kill, like he said, he literally just said, you know, not to make excuses, but if our penalty kill was just better, like a little bit better at the start, and we were just winning some games, the game. Think of all the games they lost by one goal, and it was a power play goal against. Right? Think about all of those. If those games are a W for the Canucks, they're in a playoff spot for sure. But then again, they're maybe not firing the coach, the GM, and making those necessary changes. So that's one thing to consider. But regardless, when it comes to the on ice product, yeah. Like J.C. Miller attributed it, and he said and the penalty kill is what cost us last year. And there still needed to be work done. That's why I look at the McKay of signing and say, okay, if you're getting him to be a, what I expect to be top six forward who can kill penalties for you, bring a different look to your forward group because he doesn't look like the rest. He doesn't play like the rest of the forwards in this group. I like it from that point of view. I'm still a little surprised it was a winger that they wanted to add, but I see where it's coming from, why you wanted to add him. So, uh yeah, it's not like Boudreaux also like completely fixed the penalty kill. They still had work to do. That's why they went out and got Mikheyev. Exactly. There wasn't this wasn't a ninety three percent penalty kill as soon as Boudreaux got here. He got them up quite a bit. Like I said, I think seventy four point nine percent. That's pretty good when you're sitting at like sixty before pretty much. So that is a bump for sure. But it's not like it became one of the best penalty kills of the league. There's still going to need to be work to be done there. And if the Canucks can rely on goaltending and having good special teams, because we know what the power play can do, if they can improve that penalty kill. Like you mentioned it, like if the penalty kill isn't second worst in the league as a season last year, the Canucks are in the playoffs. Like that's that's pretty simple to me. Like there was enough good things done on this team throughout the season where if the penalty kill is even like over 80%, mm-hmm. not asking for a ton, over 80%, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's not much else to it. Like there's not much else we can say. 
It's just the penalty kill really needed to be better last season, yeah. and it really did end up costing them. And you're putting a lot of skill on there now, which is going to be good. Like you're putting mm-hmm. a lot of guys who have some history killing penalties. You have some guys that are very skilled players who want to transition, continue to build experience in that aspect, be good penalty killers as they grow. So, yeah, I think Pedersen, Pod Colson, Quinn Hughes, I'd, you're right. I, I didn't have an option to put all of the above. Seems like the people are using the I'm angry. Got 20% of angry folk today. Yeah, that's I think pretty that's, high. That means all they're, of they're the using above. it. Yeah. Well, they were people were angry. We got a lot of comments the other day when I forgot to include I'm angry on the poll. Ooh, yeah. You can't do that. No, I do. That that's what tough. happens when I go on vacation. Yeah, exactly. Things fall apart. I got solo episodes. I'm... <laughs> you did great. I yeah, that I, it was, t- it was, that's the first time I've ever done that. Cause even the show before you joined here was, I had a guest every show. Yeah. So that was the first solo one I've ever done. You did good. You did good. All right, okay. Appreciate it. We'll close it out there. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it got a prospects report, but we kind of touched on yeah, them we all. Did it, right? the four nations things going on right now. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to talk about. I think I gave you even a little prospects report in the solo. Yeah. Uh, I'm chatting with a prospect this week. Uh, I'll put that in the uh, blackfish report. Check out the blackfish report, by the way. Uh, it's on YouTube every Tuesday, uh, kind of like Monday night, actually, so that it's ready to go for the yeah, Tuesday article. Yeah, it'll be article. in the Tuesday article. But, yeah, it'll be in the Tuesday article at Canucks Army. You can click it from right there or uh, just, I think, Nation Network on YouTube. That's yep. where you can find it as well. Um, we'll be posting some stuff there. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's your prospects report. I'm going to talk about uh, and post a Aiden McDonough video today, so we'll see how that goes. It's going to be fun. All right. I betcha. For my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation Delivered by DoorDash Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day Than Whole Foods Market They're your destination for unbeatable savings From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers And irresistible desserts Start by saving 33% with Prime On all body care and candles Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.